Hello, I'm Jim Mallard, host of The Mallard Report. On The Mallard Report, along with my guest, we will have a conversation where we will share thoughts and opinions. For more information, my bio, past shows, social media links, and so much more, visit mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D dot com. And thanks for listening. I want to welcome everybody to, the, to tonight's program. I said I was going to quit doing that. I'm just going to keep going with tonight. I'm too old. Not too old. Just too dumb to change habits now. That's okay. But before we begin, i got to remind everybody about School of Errors, Dr. David Perogan's new book. It's coming out August 6th. He'll be on the show that day. We're going to give a copy of the book away and talk about school safety in a light that we've never seen or heard before or the common sense approach that I totally agree with. That's why we're doing all this fun stuff. But... He's not the guest tonight. My guest tonight is Doctor. Doctor. My guest tonight is uh, Scott Water from America Unearthed. How are you doing tonight, Scott? I'm doing great, Jim. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I'm glad to have you. Okay, so I told you a few minutes ago that we were, I almost had words. I almost had had words with you about something. <laughs> and what did I do now? Well, I I, I scrolling through the. Uh, this is what the fifth or sixth show that's been on, right? This is, uh, I think, episode six. Yeah. Okay. So I, I brought them up to kind of catch up on what was going on, and I seen you were in Pennsylvania. And I'm like, that yeah. little dirty dog was in my neck of the woods and didn't say anything. Oh, no. No, so you're right. No, no, no. You were over oh. the other side of the state, <laughs> oh. still, seven, <laughs> still seven hours away from me, so you're okay. <laughs> okay. I just couldn't sneak out that night. Seven hours there and back would have been too much. Yeah, my wife would have noticed I was gone at that point. Uh, <laughs> yours probably would have too. Um, so we're all good. I, I I told you I had to tease you about that though because you know there's so many times that you think it'd be great to meet some, you know especially being like I said in Western Pennsylvania not not everybody uh, this isn't necessarily a tourist destination or a destination for any any destination for any reason. So um, well it's, it's still a cool place. I've actually been out. Pittsburgh is out that way, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and uh, you've got some beautiful country out there. Um, I, I, I have been out there, and it's it's lovely. So uh, you have nothing to apologize for, that's for sure. I enjoy it, but don't tell people, okay? Let's, not, <laughs> let's keep that beautiful part and all that other stuff away from people. Uh, they'll be there coming. <laughs> we'll, we'll hide that from them. Actually, so tell me a little bit about the cave, because I, I seen it, and then um, didn't get into the episode. So tell me a little bit about what was going on over there. You're talking about the Courtney Cave? Yeah. That episode, which I think was the third episode this season. Well, you know what? It, it, was, um, it, was a, it was a tip that somebody had actually um, during season three, which was about four, almost five years ago now. And, you know, we had to uh, put it on hold because, you know, the show uh, was put on hold for, for three years. And... This was a great, great tip that we had from Chris Courtney, who was 12 years old when he found this cave when he was chasing after a salamander, um, and it ducked down this hole, and he pulled a rock out to see if he could find this salamander and discovered this cave. And, you know, he, he wanted to know what it was, and so he sent in this tip, and, you know, better late than never, as they say, but we did get a chance to investigate it, and... Um, <laughs> there were so many cool things that we found out about cave probably was used for and what it could have been used for. <clears throat> and I have to say, even, you know, this is week six now, um, you know, people are still talking about the scene that we did with, uh, with Valerie still at the Pennsylvania historical society and how emotional and powerful that scene was. And I have to say, um, that was probably one of the most powerful scenes we've ever done on the show in 49 episodes. And um, I'll never forget it. It was really, really great. And it was all because of that salamander going down the hole that led to us doing this episode. And that powerful So now you've done you've done the show for in different uh, stints now. What what's the biggest yeah. difference now than it was then? 
um, the thing that's different is I, I, I know what I'm doing now, <laughs> and I, I hope it shows. I mean, you know, I felt pretty comfortable doing the show in the first three seasons, but, you know, after having, um, you know, enough time go by um, and really we seen things that I think we could do better, I felt really comfortable doing the season, and I could totally immerse myself in the subject matter and not have to worry about, you know, do I say this, do I say that, should I do this, should I do that. I, I really felt comfortable. And along with that, I think the production company, which is the same production company, Committee Films, who did a fantastic job, um, you know, both for the first three seasons and then this season, with a lot of the same people, although there were a number of new people, they knew what to do as well. And, you know, I, I always joke and say to people, well, if you don't like the subject matter and you don't like me, you can't say that you don't like the production value. They do such a great job producing a really beautiful-looking show. The music is fantastic. And, um, you know, all I have to do is show up, and, and uh, it, it's, it's a good show. So um, I just think, you know, it's like, like anybody else. The more you do it, the better you get the more comfortable you are. And I think that the stories that we've pursued this year are really interesting and fun. And I think that, uh, well, the season isn't over, but you're going to see some pretty cool things to come. But we've already, I think, made some noise as far as subject matter. And um, I just think the show is, um, it's about as good as good as it can be as far as I'm concerned. We'll get into the night show here in a little bit, but I'll, I can promise you that if you haven't watched American on Earth on Travel Channel, tonight's show would be a good sh- good time to check it out. But circle back around. You mentioned production production value, so I watched that show a couple of times. Different, I put myself in different shoes. Like the first time, I just wanted to see it, and then the next time, I, I put myself in your shoes, kind of going through it, and then I can I can imagine when you when you see them finally all put together. Well, at least for me, I, I'm like. Wow, that came out really good because I could see you going to these places and filming the snips that you get to, you know, go out and see. But then you, when you get the puzzle pieces all together, it has to blow your mind. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's um, it's interesting to see how they put these together, and I, I don't want to portray myself as any kind of expert. I understand enough to be extremely dangerous, right? But I, uh, you and me both, we, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and and obviously, when I go out there and and we film the scenes and we we do the show, um, we pursue the story, and in some cases, things will go in a different direction than we intended. You know, I mean, that's that's part of the the process of investigation, right? You uh, you go where the evidence takes you. But but I always am amazed to see the final cuts and how. They put things together based on what I know we did in the field, right? And there are times when I'm, I'm in a scene and we, we, we shoot it, and I go, well, they got to use that because that was really good. Um, or they'll never use that. That was horrible. And I'm, I'm right more times than I'm wrong, but there are plenty of times when I go, oh, <laughs> I guess that's better than what I thought, you know? So and that's why they're, they're the ones that are doing the editing and not me. <laughs> Oh, I totally get it. Cause I, tr- I recently put an intro video together for my videos, and I, you know, I sat there and I probably put a couple weeks into it, tweaking it, tweaking it, and then I started watching your show, and I went, "Oh, Christ! I've totally wasted a bunch of time." That's too, you know, it's so night and day different. You know how <laughs> what my mind fixes good, and then I see that I'm like, "Well, I guess I know what I'm doing for the next two weeks again." That's uh, <laughs> right. Well, that's why um, I leave the the editing and the storytelling to other people. And I, uh, you know, I, I handle what I, what I do in front of a camera, and I try to do my best job. I mean, I do know roughly where the story is going and what it is that I need to get out of the people that I'm talking to or what I want to try to get out of them. And then, you know, how they cut it up and, and, and the final product is always, I'm telling you, I've said this before, I'll say it again, they, they make me look way better than I am, and I appreciate the heck out of it. They, they really do a good job. I'll give you a little more credit. You do pretty good. I mean, you're doing pretty good right now, so I, I know that you can handle yourself. So, but they do make they do do make you look pretty good. So I I I'll agree with you on that. Is there okay? So we're we're at this. You mentioned this. Is it sometimes difficult for you? I mean, this is kind of my wheelhouse here. There are times that it's difficult to get somebody to answer a question. 
they want to kind of, you know, come out and fluff and say, oh, yeah, it's great and da-da-da-da-da. But, you know, you're looking for, yeah, it's that. Well, you know what? Uh, it's it's interesting. I mean, everybody's different, right? And and let's face it, you know, a lot of times, well, most of the time, we're dealing with people that have never been on camera before. And and it's intimidating. I mean, I remember when I first started this show, I mean, I I got a little bit nervous before we started filming this, and I would think, geez, i got to carry this whole thing. Can I do this, you know? And And... If you're a guest and you're suddenly the, the stick a camera in your face and and I get there and I start peppering you with questions, that's not easy for for some people to to handle. And so part of my job is to try to make people comfortable, right? And and I want to try to have some type of a connection with them so that they they you know I always tell them look forget about those guys, you know yes they're there but you know you and I are just having a conversation so just relax, talk to me, forget about them, and let's, uh, and let's go, you know. And I think most of the time that works, but, um, you know, and then sometimes people are, are nervous. I mean, depending on what we're, we're talking to them about, um, they may not want to be as, as forthcoming as they'd like to be for whatever reason. And so it's my job to try to bring that out in them. Um, but the, I think the most important thing for me to do is to try to make them feel comfortable, not worry about it, and trust me, if they can make me look good, they will make you look fantastic. So um, <laughs> don't worry about it, and let's just let's just have fun, you know. Yeah, it is interesting because you know there are times that people will say something, and then that camera gets there, you know, kind of goes on the record, and they won't say the same thing again. I mean, I've had that experience a number of times, and you're kind of like, okay. I wish well, you wanted to, I wish it, you wanted to said it the first time. There have been a couple of times where, you know, people have said, yeah, I will talk about this. And then all of a sudden they get cold feet. Well, look, you said you were going to say this, okay? We need you to talk about this. And I'm not trying to divulge any family secrets, but we really need this information out of you. And, you know, and once they've already committed and said they will do it, it's really it's really not fair for them to, to pull the rug out from under our feet, you know. And then, of course, you know, we have situations where people have tried to pull pranks on us, right, or they have fake things. And that doesn't happen very often, but it has happened. And, you know, I, I'm not really happy about that. I mean, I don't appreciate the fact that somebody's trying to dupe me or dupe us, and we spend thousands of dollars to bring a crew of anywhere from six to eight people to come out and look at this thing that is your practical joke. I mean, with all due respect, that's BS, right? So that stuff happens too. And, um, but fortunately, it's few and far between. Um, far and away, the people that we interview are well-intended people that have something they feel is important, that we feel is important, and it works out really well. I mean, this episode tonight, we have a fantastic tipster. We have fantastic guests. It's a great story that I had never heard of when I went into this episode, and, boy, it didn't take me long to get into it. And, you know, I, the other thing I think that happens, Jim, and maybe you've had this experience, is when you're investigating something and you really get into it. I mean, obviously my thing is, you know, ancient artifacts and the Templars and all of that, but... There are a lot of really great stories that are out there that I just didn't know anything about, like tonight's. And, man, it didn't take me long. I was sucked in, and you'll see I'm all in on this episode. Well, you're mentioning tonight's, and I had never – I mean, because you, you get – I hate to say it. You get, what, a paragraph of U.S. history in, in school, right? What are the amounts to? I mean, you get all sorts of things, but none of it really is in-depth. You know, you learn some presidents, you learn, you know. And then you, you start finding little things. Like, um, for me, it's the Battle of Gettysburg and what all goes into that and how that right, all comes right. together. And, like, I find myself lost in it all the time. Like, the, 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 just the, like not necessarily the tactical battle of it, but the personalities of the people that were there. Right, right, yep. So it's just like... That transition from retreating to go, you know, to all the battle strategy. How do they, all, you know, and there you are sitting there in the sun, 
communicating, you know, via horse draw, you know, messages, paper messages back and forth. And all the whole thing just kind of, I, I, I get lost in and overwhelmed by it. Because, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, real time, how, how are you handling this? And it just blows my mind. And then to try to deal with the mass casualty that it was. and ugh, that Yeah, it, it, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah. And then, well, you know, it, it, I, I think I can appreciate what you're saying, and that is to try to put yourself back in those people's shoes um, of whatever time period it is. I mean, you know, they, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm old enough that I can remember life without the internet, right? <laughs> and you know, writing letters and realizing that if I want to have a communication with somebody who lives out of state. Um, I'm going to have to write a letter, which may take a day or two or three or four, and then send it, which may take a day or two or three or four, <laughs> and then it you know, has to get there, same thing, and then they have to read it, and then they have to respond. And, you know, it may be two, three, four weeks, a month before you have a conversation with somebody and then they, they respond to you. And, that, and, and today that can happen in literally a matter of seconds. So... Context is everything when you're talking about a time period. And then let's go back to, you know, take tonight's episode. We're talking about the Revolutionary War era. I mean, you would write a letter, and and it may not even get there. And, you know, the person on the other end of the line never knows that you had these thoughts, these feelings, whatever it is. And, you know, who knows what, what that does going forward. And it makes you think about those things, right? Or... Um, somebody dies or somebody's injured or, I mean, all these different variables that we don't think about today. I mean, certainly these things can happen, but I think you understand what I'm saying yeah. is that the context of the time in history that you're talking about, it's, it's hard sometimes, especially when you look at like old letters or old photographs and you imagine these people and what their lives were like and how they, you know, got through this, this event. It's like, um, it's, it's easy to get, you know, lost in that. And, uh, but I also think that's part of the cool thing about history is, is thinking about what was life like back then. How did they get done the amazing things that they got done? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, and do. I know what you mean. And the fun thing was, like, I read that, you know, Matthew Brady took all these pictures of Lincoln and all the Civil War pictures and all this great stuff. And his shutter speed was seven seconds. So you know what I did? I got my camera out, set it to eight, because I think eight was the one of the presets. And then sat, you know, sat there with it on the tripod, you know, pushed a button and tried to sit there for, you know, that long. And I looked at a bunch of pictures and I'm sitting here going, that's ridiculous to sit there for that long. I couldn't do it. I understand now why most of those pictures were, you know, post-mortem because I was moving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the only way they'd sit still is because they were dead, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, people just don't often think about those little details that, um, well, in my business as a forensic geologist, details matter. Details are everything. So I do tend to obsess about details because it's part of my job, um, but you also have to make sure you don't get lost in them at the same time. Your job's, what, part needle in the haystack and part uh, trying to keep track of what you're stepping on? <laughs> well, I'm always trying to keep track of what I'm stepping on because uh, it could be an important rock or it could be an animal that'll bite me or, you know, who knows. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, you, you also have to keep keep track of the big picture, right? And context is everything. So you can get lost in the details, but at the same time, you have to uh, be careful and you have to understand how do these details fit into the big picture. And, you know, what does, it, what does this set of details have to do with the overall, you know, investigation that I'm doing or that part of the investigation? And you can't get too lost in the details. You always have to be sure that you understand where that little bit of information fits in the big picture. So to circle back around to another point that you made about letters and stuff taking days, um, 
I think I read that it took John Rockefeller two weeks to find out the Civil War started because he was out yeah. in an oil field somewhere and they had to, you know, get the message via... They had to get information to him, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, can you imagine not knowing something for two weeks now, especially like that? We'd all lose well, our mind. Well, you know, and it's funny because in this day and age, if you stay away from your phone for an hour or two doing something, and then all of a sudden you, you pick it up and something has happened, you feel like you're late to the party. And we're talking an hour or two, and this guy <laughs> didn't know about, you know, a war for two weeks. Um, but, you know, the other thing that it, that it tells us, and I think it's an important lesson for us to all remember, is that regardless of what happens, life does go on, right? And... And in a way, I think if you sort of keep that in the back of your mind, it helps you put things into perspective and not um, not blow it out of proportion. You know, just keep things keep things um, in perspective, and that's that's important, especially in this day of day and age of instant information. I mean, it's literally. And I'm one of the worst offenders. I I, I wish I didn't pay as much attention to my phone as I do, but um, that's probably the the anal retentive part of me that I just can't help. I know that I had I recently turned off all the notifications on my phone. Like I don't care. I'm trying to not care when I get an email or a message or any, you know. I'm just done. I'll they'll be there when I get there. I'm trying, Scott. Mm. I'm trying, but you know, it's trying <laughs> me more than it's. Just, you know, because I I mean I, I don't know the difference between answering the email within a minute or within an hour. I don't think it really makes that much difference, but maybe maybe somewhere in the back of my mind that if I if I can get the email back fast enough, they can send the next reply, and we can just you know get it all done in five minutes instead of days. Yeah. Well, you know what? The person on the other end of the line, as much as you um, you know you want to hear back, I mean that extra fifteen minutes, hour, two hours a day. Um, in the in the grand scheme, it's not that big of a deal, is it? No, it's not. Like I said, that's why I'm trying to you know tune it down a little bit. But well, that's all right. You are who you are, and you just got to get through it the way you you feel comfortable. And and uh, we can have worse vices, right? Yeah, this at least this one's free. <laughs> as long as I'm on, on Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so let's take the side turn into a little bit of tonight's episode. So, because we're kind of talking about messaging, that kind of all ties into this. You you go as far as you want. I don't want to say anything that you don't want me to say. So you just lay it out there, and we'll talk a little bit about it. About the episode? Yeah. Well, for some people listening, um, they may have already seen the episode, and I think in the interest of full disclosure, I need to tell you that, you know, tonight is when it premieres on the network, um, on Travel Channel, 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern. Um, <clears throat> but um, uh, for those that stream, that sign up for the streaming service, they get the episodes a week earlier. <laughs> so a lot of people have already seen it, just just so you know. Oh, well, um, okay. Then well, we'll, we'll, so still keep we a, <laughs> we'll, we'll still keep a little under the radar then, just in case there's somebody who... Well, oh, yeah. Now you're telling me, well, it, that's streaming. Here comes the phone again. I need to down. No, never mind. Go, go ahead. <laughs> but, well, if there's people <laughs> that don't want to know, that just you know, put it on silent for a minute. But I'm not going to give away the names and everything. But yeah. it's a good um, story. I mean, the, give the premise. Though. Yeah. It's a good story. Well, well, and and like I said, you know, this was a story that I I knew nothing about. But essentially, George Washington in the early part of the Revolutionary War was getting his butt handed to him in a number of battles. I mean, he was he, he lost a number of battles. He uh, he lost New York City to the British. They gained control of New York City. And one of the things that Washington did, in in hindsight, looking back, was a brilliant move. Was he embraced the concept? of espionage and um, what he did was he formed this spy ring called the Culper spy ring and today we know that it, it was made up of at least five males men whose identities we know and will be revealed tonight and one woman who was known only um, as agent 355 and to this day, we really don't know who her identity is, 
And that is my mission in this episode, to try to unmask her. And um, the person who is my tipster is uh, a woman who I, I knew who she was, uh, but I had never met her, obviously. But her name is Valerie Plame. Does that name ring a bell? It did when I first seen her, too. And I went, whoa, wait a second. You know, because it caught me off guard. Because of the connections that she has. She was a former spy. So it was kind of, you know, interesting to me that that was the tip. That was the tipster. Well, <clears throat> Valerie Plame was a CIA spy for the U.S. government. And in 2003, I believe, 2003, 2004, you can double-check this if you want, but um, she was actually outed by the Bush administration. Specifically, Dick Cheney um, ordered her identity to be revealed. Basically, basically, they fired her is essentially what happened. And the reason they did that was because her husband at the time had written an article in the New York Times, I believe, that basically said that the justification for the United States entering into the Iraq war was based on a false premise of Iran, uh, Iraq having weapons of mass destruction. Well, it turns out he was right, but that still pissed off the Bush administration, and that's why Dick Cheney ordered Scooter Libby to, um, to out her. It's kind of interesting here in the last year, Scooter Libby, um, who was uh, basically doing jail time for, for a different crime, but he was the one that actually implemented Valerie Plain being outed. And um, so, you know, that was, that was really, um, I mean, that was, that was a, how do I say it in a diplomatic way? It was a bad move. It was really, a, uh, it, was, it was something that should not have happened. And... Um, not only did Valerie lose her job, but the other thing that happens when you out a spy is that all of her associates, suddenly their lives are in danger because the people that they were interacting with, the bad guys, they don't know if these people are spies, and all of a sudden they go, oh, wait a minute, they were associating with her, they must be a spy, and in many cases those people are killed. So, um, you know, political retribution has real-life consequences. So... Um, and I don't want to dwell on that, but that's why you know who B Valerie Plame is and, you know, talking about the spy ring and, and a female agent, who better than her to be our tipster, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was kind of surprised, and then it kind of really set the table for what was to come. Right, right. And, you know, Valerie was, you know, somebody I'd only read about in the newspapers, and I read some articles before I met her, but I have to say I was pleasantly surprised she was really a, a, a wonderful person. Um, she's, um, you know, she's got a, a wonderful personality. Um, she's incredibly bright, as you can imagine, and just just fun to be around. And, you know, I mean, I was, I wouldn't say I was intimidated to meet her, but, you know, I mean, she was a pretty famous person. So, um, but she put me at ease immediately, and we got along great, and I just love her. In fact, just... Yesterday I wrote her an email and I said, hey, I'm going to do a blog post after the show and, uh, you know, is there anything you'd like me to say? Can I, you know, can I use these pictures? And she wrote back. She said, absolutely. I had so much fun. Thank you so much. And just totally gracious. And, uh, um, you know, I, and so I just, I, I, I'm thrilled to, to call her a friend. But the other thing that I will tell people, and I, I don't like to get into politics because I don't think it's appropriate um, for me because I have people on both sides of the aisle that support what I do and I appreciate it. What I do is not political. It's getting to the truth is, uh, is what I do on, and that's an apolitical venture in my opinion. But she is running for Congress right now in the 2020 elections in um, New Mexico. And uh, so, uh, you know, I wish her luck on that. And, uh, and I think what... Um, whether she wins or not, uh, if she does win, she will represent her people with, with dignity and grace. I'm, I'm confident of that. So, so good luck to her. And um, so anyway, that's Valerie. So she's the tipster. <clears throat> and uh, I love how we, <laughs> how we start the episode off. I think you guys will love it. Um, but then I had three additional guests on the show uh, when we investigate three different suspects. And lucky for me... They were all women. 
and they were all intelligent women who had done a lot of research and going to learn a lot to all three of these suspects and um, um, I just I, I, I had a great time that's all I can say I had a wonderful time and honestly the three ladies that were in, in question have great stories amongst themselves let alone the tie to the story you were trying to unearth bad pun right right so I mean well, yeah go ahead go ahead I, I was gonna say so it, it was you, you pulled some worms out of the can I guess is the easiest way to say it. you just didn't come out and say this is you know because it would have been I mean it's easy to just kind of spoil your own party at some points you know what I'm saying well, I mean, let's face it, we're trying to make a show, and we're trying to, um, you know, I mean, part of our business is entertainment, and I, I, I think learning about, in this case, important historical figures that do have great stories to tell, that dovetail with the story that we're, we're trying to investigate, but they have other aspects of their lives, right? For example, our first suspect is Peggy Shippen Arnold who was the wife of the famous trader Benedict Arnold. And, of course, the, you know, Benedict Arnold was outed, and, and um, you know, I think he escaped and, and was never uh, prosecuted, but he was the last person that anybody would have suspected as being a spy working against George Washington, um, you know, and the Patriots. So, you know, what was her role in all of this? Was she the one that gave him up, and, and was she a secret uh, agent working for George Washington? And the person, that, the, the woman that I spoke with, um, who is actually the daughter of a, of a, you know, a fairly famous person, the former governor of, of uh, New York, George Pataki, his uh, daughter... Um, um, Anne. Oh, God, I'm, I'm, what, I think it's Anne. No, 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 Allison. Allison That's close. (laughs) She wrote a book called The Trader's Wife, and it's a fictional novel, but it's, you know, it's one of those fictional novels that's built around, the the whole story is a factual story of her life with a fictional sort of renditions of various events in her life, and it's it's a New York Times bestseller. And Allison was fantastic. We we have a beautiful scene with her, and... um, I think uh, I think Peggy Shippen Arnold is, uh, and you know what's kind of ironic is she is uh, Shippen is her maiden name, and it was her father who founded, I believe, and I hope I get my facts right here, and if I don't, I apologize. But her father, I believe, was the person who founded Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. Shippensburg is the 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 town or the city where the Courtney Cave episode took place. So isn't that an interesting tie to uh, between episodes of these, you know, famous people in history? Not only episodes, but tying this show, whole show together pretty much right there in one big bow. Yeah. We've still got a yeah. little bit of time left, so we're going to have to worry about this again here in a little bit. But uh, how long did that route take? I mean, we were talking about, I mean, because it was quite the expansive circle for the day. Oh, you mean how long did it take? I'm sorry. To get the information from point A to back around to Washington. Did you ever oh, figure that out? Well, it took several days to get information from, basically the circle of information went from New York out to Long Island, um, across uh, about halfway, um, you know, halfway through Long Island, and then across Long Island Sound into Connecticut, and then back west, uh, just north of uh, of Manhattan, where George Washington heads, uh, Washington's headquarters were. Now, it's easier to just get the messages straight up through Manhattan and then and north to Washington, but um, that just wasn't a viable route. And by going through this, you know, circuitous route to get the information, there were there was a lot less suspicion, and obviously it was successful. So, whatever reasons they chose to do it. They were the right ones. Yeah, I mean, it worked. I mean, it just made, again, here we are, real time. How, how do you get that message from point A to point B, but not be caught doing it? Well, you know, I guess the the incentive is to take the shortest route, but is that the safest route? Well, in this case, the answer obviously was no. 
And um, like you said, the route they took was very circuitous. You'll see that. We lay it out in, on a map, and you can see exactly what they did. And it seems like they're going way out of their way. But um, if that's what it takes to get this important intelligence to the right people, then you do what you got to do, right? Remember, they didn't have telephones. They didn't have <laughs> cell phones. They, they didn't have airplanes. They, they didn't even have good boats. Um, but they did what they had to do, and, and they got the job done. So I know, I know tonight's question, tonight's case is not going to be the answer to this case, this question. Uh, have there, has there ever been a, a a case that you've drilled down on and solved, but were like, kind of disappointed by the outcome of said case? Um, well, um, last week's episode was a disappointment when um, a respected uh, scholar on Phoenician scripts said that the the artifact that we had probably was not. Phoenician. I mean, that's disappointing, you know. I mean, and and the other thing that was disappointing about last week's episode. I thought last week's episode was a great episode. It was a lot of fun, and you know, it really gave us an opportunity to showcase some of the investigative things that we're able to do. How we dig into these things to to figure out if they're authentic or not. And you know, there have been cases where we have delivered people news that they're. In fact, was real. It was a hinging thing. Um, it was amazing. It was awesome. But that's not always the case. And um, you know, that's life too, right? I mean, we have these wonderful, great moments. You win championships. You have successful relationships, marriages, and uh, all these wonderful things that that people experience. But you know, life also has its disappointments, and that's what makes those joyous occasions so joyous. Is because they don't happen every day. And you don't change history every day. Sometimes an artifact is a fraud or it's not old or, you know what, sometimes we don't know what it is. It still remains a mystery after all the work we do. And um, that's life, man, you know? Yeah, and that that's part of what you do. I mean, you're not going to bat a thousand. Well, you sure try. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I always say to people, well, think about it like this, okay? You know, in baseball... You can fail seven out of ten times, and you'll end up in the Hall of Fame. I think you're going to have to do a little bit better than that, Scott. Well, if you bet 300 for your career, you're going in the Hall of Fame. I know, but you're going to have to do better with these stories than seven out of three, or three, <laughs> out, of, three out of ten. I don't you know think- what, you're right. My, my, <laughs> but my batting average is better than that, but... It's, it isn't anywhere near a thousand, and, and nor would I expect it to be. No, if if it was, we'd, we'd ask questions. <laughs> well, no, you'd call BS, and you'd well. have every right to. But no, we, we you know what? The, the one thing that I will never do is lie to my audience. I will never mislead them. I will never plant artifacts. We'll never do anything dishonest. Um, I just don't play that way, and and you know, and and because of that. Um, we don't change history every episode, um, and uh, I, 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 I want to believe that, that the people that watch the show appreciate that. Yeah, I, I have to agree that I, I prefer to be told the truth and not necessarily um, overhyped and oversold and underdelivered. Well, not that we won't uh, play it up going into a commercial a little bit. I mean, I, we're not above doing that. No, but... but... Um, that's different than, you know... Being dishonest, it, yeah. it, it's planning it up. You know, well, making you're, it fun again. Your entertainment, I get all that. I mean, but you know, what I'm saying yeah. like the biggest. I didn't, I didn't hear the phrase "the biggest traitor's big secret" coming up next. For you sure. know, <laughs> um, there's a line that you just don't cross, in my opinion. And quite frankly, I see that happen on other programs, and and I just I don't think it's cool. I just don't. Okay, so I, I, I did catch another title that caught my eye, but I didn't click on it, and I'm regretting it at this moment because I want—I should know more about this because this is kind of my my wheelhouse, so to speak, of paranormal. And you were looking for Bigfoot. Um, well, we've done one episode on Bigfoot, and I think next week we investigate another um, another Bigfoot uh, legend called the Honey Island Swamp Monster down in Louisiana. And I have to admit, when I first heard that they wanted us to do this, I rolled my eyes a little bit. But I have to say, when this thing was all said and done, this turned out to be one of my favorite episodes. It was, it's, it's really good. And, 
you know, the like I said before, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to my audience. I'm not gonna mislead them. And you know, people are gonna say, well, I thought you were scientists. I thought you kept things scientific. We absolutely do, and we do it in that episode as well. And I think people are gonna be impressed. I think you're gonna love that episode. So, it's okay. Hundred thousand dollar question here. Wish I had the money to pay you, but I don't. Is there, is there a mystery that Scott has on his list that he just can't get through the the producers and whoever? But if you could pick one and just do it because you want to do it, what would it be? <laughs> I've got a list. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of things, and you know what? It's it's not that you know the network or the production company says no. It's just. You know, we've all sort of agreed that we're going to do some episodes that are my stuff, some that are the production company's uh, subjects, that, ideas that they come up with, and the network has things that they want to do. And, I mean, let's face it, life is compromise, right? It's about, it's about picking your battles. It's about, um, you know, finding, um, finding a, a balance. And, you know what, some of the things that that they come up with, I never would have thought of, and they're really great. I wouldn't have come up with the Culper Spy Ring episode, and it's a fantastic episode. Um, you know, the season finale, which I admittedly biased, it's a, it's a Templar episode, it's my stuff. I think it's the best episode of the whole season. I don't even think it's close. Um, there's a lot more that I would like to do uh, in the Templar vein, and I think if, if we're lucky enough to get renewed and we can do more shows... We'll definitely do it. So um, they've never said, no, we're not going to do this. Um, it may not just be this season. It might be next season or, you know, hopefully the one after that if, 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 things, uh, if things work out. So they've never said to me, no, we're not doing that. Um, but are there things that I want to do? Absolutely. And that's just a function of there are so many interesting mysteries that are out there. Um, there's no shortage of content that we can pursue um, so I don't know if that answered your question, but that's my answer. It did kind of in a gray kind of way. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> okay. how, how, how many emails do you get? We'll say a week of, um, other great things that cross your plate and you go, oh, yeah, that one, or, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm sure that list grows exponentially every, every time you turn around. Well, let's put it this way. I get emails every day. I get a lot of emails every day with ideas and I appreciate people sending me ideas and, and certainly sending them to the network as well. Um, and there are some really good things. Um, there are some things that are not so good, but for example, I was contacted today by uh, a woman who has an artifact that looks with an inscription carved on it that looks incredible. And she's going to send it to me and I'm going to take a closer look at it. Um, and if it, if it, you know, passes that initial vetting um, and, you know, we, we, we get a chance to do more shows, you might you might see something on it. But that was that happened just today. That's what I'm saying. It has to be over. I don't want to say overwhelming because I'm sure you can handle it. You're a grown man. But at points, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm not I'm not putting words in your mouth here, am I? No, no, no. <laughs> but chaotic at certain times. Because I'm sure you I'm sure you want to do them all or, well, Except for those bad ones. And then you might want to do them just for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no. I mean, you know, let's face it. um, You know, everything everything has an an ending, right? I mean, I'm not going to do this forever. I mean, I'm not... Hell, I'm I'm uh, I'm amazed that I'm still doing it. You know, it's 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 really it's an honor and a privilege to that people are still interested to see me do this. But at some point, it's going to end, and uh, might not be because there aren't other things to pursue. But uh, it just might be time for America on Earth to to end. And I, I I don't think that time is now. I think we've got a lot left in the tank as far as stories and and things that I would like to do. But, um, you know, I I think at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm going to hold my head high. We've done 49 episodes. If it ended tomorrow, I would be very happy. I would be proud. I'm I'm, I'm privileged and grateful to have had this opportunity to, uh, to enlighten people, to share some of these things that I think are so amazing um, to the world. And, um, 
to to give people an opportunity to consider the evidence to decide for themselves and does it change history and i think the answer is in many cases yes it does and if that's uh, the legacy that we leave jim i will be absolutely thrilled um but having said that we got a lot more to do. I'm I'm nowhere near ready to, to call it quits. <laughs> I was gonna say I knew the last time we spoke at length on the show. Uh, I guess I should clear that up because we spoke a couple times between here and there. Um, that you were at peace with it. If it never came back, you're at peace with it. It sounds like you're still at peace with it. But I've got a big butt here. Actually, this comes from Germantown Runner in my chat room. Get away, hello. <laughs> um, what about a uh, international on Earth? Well, you know what? One of the things I think that um, Travel Channel is open to, and evidence of that, is the Ripper episode. I mean, that's not an American story, um, although we did have to come back to America to look at uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's Masonic apron and regalia. But, you know, that's a, that's a British story, right? That happened over in London, and, and that's where the bulk of the episode took place. And I, I think that they're open to investigating historical mysteries that take place on other continents. And, and I don't think they would be afraid if I spent the whole time in, in a different country. Um, as long as it's something that's interesting to an American audience. And there's all kinds of things that happen in other parts of the world that are interesting. And, and quite frankly, um, I don't care what it is that we investigate, especially if it's something historical. One way or another, it does impact us or did impact us here on this continent and usually in more profound ways than you might think. So um, even though world unearthed, if you will, um, seems like it's getting away from North America or the United States, it, we're all connected, right? It's all one great big world, and history is one great big interconnecting matrix of events and times um, over time. And so just because something took place on another part of the world doesn't mean it doesn't have, you know, impact over here. So another question from Town Runner. He's actually on fire. I should probably put him out because we're almost out of time. Um, what do you think about the cultural trend to tear down some of these statues? I guess it kind of ties back to we were talking about Gettysburg a little bit ago, about Lee and some of those other... I, I, well, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm generally I'm not a, uh, a person that wants to see things torn down. Um, but on the other hand, I'm a little perplexed. Like, for example, what, what is a General Lee statue doing in Oregon, right? I mean, I don't <laughs> see the connection. And... Um, you know, again, I, I don't want to get into politics or, or, you know, trying to decide what's right and what's wrong. Um, but having, um, you know, a General Lee statue, I mean, I think he lost the war, didn't he? But he's an American. Well, that's true. Um, and there are lots of statues. I mean, one of my favorite statues is... Um, <clears throat> Uh, Albert Pike, who was a Confederate general. Now, beyond being a Confederate general, he was also a very prominent Freemason and the Grand Commandery of the Scottish Rite. And he wrote the Bible of the Scottish Rite Masonry. So I think that, that there's more to him than just being a Confederate general. But, uh, no, and, and I don't have any problem with, with, a, uh, with uh, you know, General Lee statues. I just don't know if we need one in every state. Um, I, I, that's just my personal opinion, um, especially in states that didn't even exist when the war happened. So uh, to me, I just find that puzzling. But tearing down statues, I just don't think that's a good plan. Um, and I think sometimes we can be oversensitive about some issues, but I also think we can be undersensitive about some issues too. And, uh, you know, I mean, the bottom line is we're all Americans. And I think sometimes we focus too hard on, you know, how American are you? And, you know, trying to gauge a person's patriotism, um, I just think that's getting into dangerous territory. I mean, we all pledge allegiance to the same flag. Um, I like to think that we would all defend our country if, if need be. And, um, and I believe that the vast majority of people in this country would do that. I know that I would have called to serve. I, you know, it was funny. When I was in high school, 
I missed the draft by just like a year or two. Um, they ended the draft. I was too young for it. And then when they they instituted uh, signing up for it, I was too old, and I didn't have to sign up. So I guess I was born at the right time. But I can tell you absolutely, Jim, if I had been called to serve, um, I would have done it then, and I'd do it now. So, Scott, I promised to have you off here in a couple minutes, so I'm going to hold hold firm to that commitment, even though I don't want to. But, I, I mean, you've got commitments, and I'll, I'll enter those. But I have the easiest question of the night for you. Where can okay, pe- go ahead. Where can people find you and um, all that fun stuff? Oh, that's good. Well, you can find me in about uh, 10 minutes <laughs> on uh, Travel Channel, um, 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, tonight is our Culper Spy episode, and it's going to be a really, really good one. I love it. Uh, but if you want to, uh, if you have comments or thoughts or you want to ask me a question directly, go to my blog, which is scottwalteranswers.blogspot.com, and uh, I'll be happy to answer. I'll be posting my blog here in just a few minutes the latest blog on this episode. If you're interested in any of my books, you can go to um, www.hookedx.com. That's uh, H-O-O-K-E-D-X.com. And uh, any books bought off my website, I sign them and send them out myself. So I'll be happy to do that. And, uh, you know, if you have a tip, you'll see the email that you can hit at the end of the program. And... um, Enjoy the show tonight, and thank you for having me on, Jim. And uh, let's do it again soon, huh? Yeah, we can do it again soon, Scott. Thanks, thanks for thanks for wiggling with me a little bit here too. It's been fun. I mean, it's been the interview has been fun. It's been kind. Of, I've been waiting for this for I want to say weeks now because it seems like we we had a conversation almost a month ago about I was amped up, ready to do it, and then ducks weren't in a row, and then we finally got to it. So had reschedule that that happens, man. But I'm so glad we made it happen and. Um, you know, anytime, just uh, give us a buzz and we'll make it happen. Thank you, sir. H- have fun tonight. I'm sure you will. All with, right, um, I definitely will. With that. Talk All to right. you soon. Thanks, Jim. That's Scott Walter, America's on Earth. I'm telling you, if you got the tra- Travel Channel at home, flip it on immediately after t- tonight's show. Actually, go ahead and flip Travel Channel on now if you have it. Um, good stuff. I, I I don't say this because he was just on. I don't say it because he's a friend of mine. I don't say it because of any of this other stuff. It's a good show he's got going. I wish, I hope, I hope him many seasons of success and, and stuff because what he's doing is just tapping into lost history, unearthed, whatever. You can just get into it. Trust me. You know I don't over promote things that I don't believe in. So let's go with that. Okay, so I see my boy Germantown Runner in the chat room. We've got a few minutes here left to fill in. I was talking to him and Chris Olson today, back and forth a little bit as, um, uh, as we're getting in, in the end of July now, because July turns into August, so got to keep that in mind. So what we got to do here, and as August turns, oh really? Well, this is perfect timing for this. Happy boat, happy Bowden birthday, July fourth coming up. So we'll say that to him. My birthday is August twenty seventh. Now, having said all that, to say this, it's only the second time this, this show has fallen on a Tuesday. Last time I had Don Short on, she was a great uh, psychic medium, phenomenal guest, great guest. I promised her I'd probably have her back on. I haven't done it, and you know I just promise all sorts of people that all the time. But that's here or there. That's not the point of this conversation whatsoever. Sorry, Don. I I do apologize for not having you back on. And you know, in the last whatever six years it's been since I promised you that. But to the point, I asked German Town Runner. And I asked Chris, who should be my birthday present to myself? Who should be that get? Now, there's a number of people out there. I've got some. I got a great list from Chris Olson. I don't know if I can get any of them. It's a good list, though. Strong list, by the way, Chris. Thanks. I got a couple. I think I got a couple names from Germantown Runner. I hope so. I know he said he was going to think about it. He might have not done it. Interview. I've interviewed Mrs. Mallard before, and um, it got me fired from a network, German Tenor. So um, that didn't go over so hot. Um, I have a list in my mind. But having said all that to say this, some of these guests are just going to get on the show. It doesn't matter if it's my birthday or not. So here, here's the, the point 
Oh, she interviewing me? Oh, boy. You are just a leg of gluten for punishment. Okay. Actually, she has no interest in doing that, by the way. We've talked about it. Um, she talks... She. Um, we might do it via a periscope sometime uh, while we're in the car, just kind of uh, rolling down the road. I think might be where that ends up. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Okay, so to my point... Who should be the get? Um, show her this chat. I, uh, uh, how about you send me a tweet that says that, German Town Runner? That way I don't have to dig up the chat. Okay, who should be the get? Now, and neither of them want to do that yet. Maybe my son will in a couple years, but that's a whole other story. Now, the guy I'm looking at right now shares the birthday with me, Roger Stone. I think he'd be a good get. Right, but he's been on before, so I I don't want to say he isn't on my radar. But you know, he's kind of uh, you know got himself up in uh, the water of the legal problems right now. So you know, he might not be available. So there are some other names that of people that have already been on that people have passed to me to say, hey, when are they going to be on again? And I go, yeah, when are they going to be on again? That's pretty stupid. They haven't been on in a while. But so this is your challenge. You don't have to do it publicly. You don't have to do it via Facebook or Twitter. You can, you know how to reach me directly. Most of you listeners out there have. Uh, email, private message, um, you know, all that stuff. You don't have to go publicly. Um, there's a lot of great people out there. And let me tell you, I'm excited. Because some of these names I've thought about having on the show before, and then kind of just kind of glossed over because they're you know, easy to do that too, um, because they're just up there, right? And now it's kind of getting back to the point where I don't want to say the swagger's back when it comes to booking guests, but you know what? I think it is. I think I'm ready to go out and uh, do this again. Get some more big guests out there. Not that, not to disparage any of the guests that have been on the last few months. They've all been phenomenal guests, but um. Always looking for that. I don't want to say A-lister because that gives you that kind of Hollywood uh, nuance feel, and I'm not going for that. But we all know there's names. There are names out there that people, oh excuse me, are just interested in hearing. Right? Fair. I know there's a bunch of names that I'm interested in. Oh, two minutes left. There are a bunch of names out there. So, like I said, take a minute and send me a name. Now, I can't promise you that name's going to appear on the show, obviously. Somebody sent me a name today who um, just isn't going to appear on the show. Not because I don't like the person, just because the person will not be appearing. Because that's what their person, or people, have told me repetitively. Which I don't get, but whatever. I guess if you do one, you got to do a million seems to be their logic. Okay, whatever. That's your logic, not mine. So, having said all that, to say this, let me know what you're thinking. Um, or even a topic or something that I, I should look into for you. I mean, there's all sorts of things out there. And I get a lot of great people emailing me bios and stuff that want to be on, but I don't necessarily know who you're interested in hearing from. So, I have a great list myself, so we'll get there. But this birthday, I want to do it for somebody. I want to be, want to give it as a gift to a listener. My gift to you. So I want somebody to send me a guest name. I want to be able to pull it out for, for whoever it is. I think that'll be the birthday present I want to give to the listeners. Sound fair? Views and opinions expressed on the Mallard Report are those of the host and participants. For past shows, social media links, and so much more, visit Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. And thanks for listening. Good night. 
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs)